Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Anastasia Gulva. Today's guest is Cato Education Policy Analyst Neil McCluskey, who is hosting a forum today entitled, Why We Fight, Do Public Schools Cause Social Conflict? The forum is based on the Cato study of the same name, in which Neil explains how public schooling is inherently divisive and should be replaced with school choice. Why have public schools, contrary to original intent, failed to unite diverse students? Well, the original thought was that public schools would unite people by giving kids a common experience, um, and it would teach them common values. So the idea was that immigrant children and children from different religious backgrounds would come to America, and they wouldn't really understand what it means to be American or what Americanization entails. And that the schools would sort of force it on them. And they'd say, these are the values of Americans and uh, get rid of your old folk ways and become uh, modern Americans with our ideals and learn to live in society. Um, The problem with that notion was to assume that people uh, would just throw out their old values, their old morals, um, their, their language, their customs, and somehow accept an Americanization and even, you know, Americans who'd been in the country for a long time didn't agree on. So the problem is it failed to acknowledge or to at least work with the fact that people of all backgrounds are inherently different, and we all have different values, things that we want to get out of schools. And so rather than uniting people, it really forced them to fight to have their values be the values that were maintained by a single system of public schooling that everyone had to pay to support through taxation, but only those with the most political power could control. So rather than taking one shared set of values and sort of imbuing all students with it, it forced all families to fight to make their values that one set of values reflected by the public schools. So there's a lot more conflict than unity created by the public schooling system. So what are some of the most controversial issues in education that tend to divide groups instead of uniting them? In this report, I looked at just major values issues, and by values issues, I mean people's moral values or religious values, um, that are inherently irreconcilable when they come into conflict with other basic values. So the question of whether or not schools can have religion in them, either parents will be able to have their religion reflected in the teachings of a school or the people who don't want any religion will get that. You can't have both. Um, and so I looked at these values disputes that were that can't be solved through a single system of public education. I looked to see where the biggest ones were. Now, there are a lot of other disputes that are inherent to public schooling. You know, what will the budget be? Um, what time does the day start? What time does the year start? So, And those are even more ubiquitous, but probably not as painful. Um, and so the values disputes that we found were most common across the country were, of course, there are battles over intelligent design and creationism. Those grabbed lots of headlines over the year in Dover, Pennsylvania, or Kansas, where they've been fighting about this for, for decades. There were constant freedom of expression values, whether that's what the school newspaper prints. Can they print something without having a government official, essentially, a teacher or or a principal, tell them what they can't publish? Um, There were many disputes around the country of whether or not schools could punish kids who left school to attend protests about uh, proposed immigration policies. When does a child's First Amendment right trump the need for a school to make sure they have discipline and the kids are, are in the school. There are always book banning controversies. Uh, 
a, a book will be objectionable to a certain group of parents, but others who like the book will say, well, the, the school can't censor books. That's illegal. But, of course, they're also compelling parents to support the expression of those books when they make them pay for it. Also illegal. Um, we have battles that are over multiculturalism. How is somebody's religion or the history of their you know, ethnic group um, portrayed in textbooks? And we know that people disagree with all kinds of facets of history. How do we make sure that people all get a fair hearing? Um, there is also integration for self-determination. You know, how do you get all ethnic groups and racial groups together versus when are they allowed to decide for themselves that they want to remain with people of their same group? There are also always sex ed uh, battles. These have been going on for decades now. Um, battles over how homosexuality is taught in schools and how homosexuals students themselves are treated versus the rights of students to express disagreement or or the the understanding their understanding that homosexuality is immoral how do you reconcile those reconcile those issues and finally always battles about religion how do you teach for instance the bible the bible is important historically just to understand literature but how do you keep for instance from proselytizing all these were disputes that we found in multiple states throughout just the 20506 school year but by providing everyone with a common education, we're actually hoping to help diverse cultures assimilate, Americanize, and kind of find their commonalities. So it would seem that a balkanized, privatized educational system would only exacerbate those problems. Well, I mean, if we look at, at places around the world, for instance, the Netherlands, they used to have these same sort of battles that we have over different Protestant religious groups versus Catholic religious groups or, or more social liberals versus social conservatives and, and battles like that. And in the middle of the 19th century, or, or a little later than that, they said, let's stop fighting over our national curriculum and this, this pillarization, and let's give people the ability to choose the schools that comport with their values. Well, they saw these sorts of disputes just dissipate over the decades because people were no longer forced to focus on their differences and fight to have their differences be the, uh, the, the set of values that held sway over the school and society. So far from balkanizing, what we see is when we let people determine their own children's education, they don't need to fight anymore. And what's important is we're unified by something other than forcing people to learn some civic religion in schools, imposing that on them. People in America are unified because it's a country where they can all pursue their common self-interest. And they find, for instance, that you know people who are Muslims want to have as good to get ahead in society economically as much as anyone else. And so different religious, ethnic groups through the years and decades have come closer to each other because they're pursuing their common self-interest peacefully. Um, and they don't have to fight with each other when they both want to you know, sell more products, um, improve their businesses, anything like that. And so you can have schools that teach a particular religion or a particular uh, version of history and still unify people through all those things that they voluntarily want to be unified through. When you force them to support one system of education, you force conflict and you force division. So freedom is really the key to maintaining a free society, not coercion in schools in order to maintain a free society. 
So your solution then, according to the study, is more school choice. Exactly. The key is to let people choose the schools that comply with their values. And the fact of the matter is, most people are in this country because they all have common goals. To, they, they like the freedom that's in this country, they want to protect the freedoms in this country, and they want to be able to freely pursue their own self-interest and their own values. So they'll come together where that is mutually beneficial, which is in so many different ways. But they should still be allowed to to maintain the distinctiveness of their values and their morals and things like that. Because the fact of the matter is, you can look at a country like the former Yugoslavia, where there was imposed unity uh, for many decades. But as soon as that was gone, you didn't have real unity of the people sharing common values and common interests. But where you nurture that people coming together voluntarily where they want to but being able to maintain their distinctiveness like through most of the history of this country there you see true unity develop